I hope you are enjoying our podcast, and just know that I love to hear from you. You can email me through our website at michaelberryshow.com, and I read everyone, and I, I try to respond to everyone. I'm also appreciative that you support our sponsors. Our sponsor, our presenting sponsor for our podcast, it makes this all happen, is Gallery Furniture, Jim McInville. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a cell phone number, 281-844-1963. Say, hey, Mac, thanks for sponsoring Michael Berry's podcast. It's that time. Time, 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 time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. Today's Michael Berry Show is sponsored by an acting icon and patriot. Shortly after winning an Academy Award, this prominent figure in the entertainment industry departed Hollywood to enlist in the United States Army. The actor, widely recognized during that era, became the first major movie star volunteering for service in World War II. A skilled private pilot, the Hollywood luminary transitioned to becoming a U.S. Army Air Force aviator, securing a second lieutenant commission in early 1942. The Army wanted to capitalize on his celebrity status and immense popularity with the American public, so they assigned him to work on recruiting films, participate in rallies, and instruct aspiring pilots. Despite these assignments, the actor had a deep desire to fly in combat missions over Europe. He appealed to his commanding officer in 1944, requesting a transfer to a unit destined for deployment in Europe. Despite initial reluctance, the request was eventually granted. Now a captain, he was transferred to England, where he spent the next 18 months piloting B-24 Liberator bombers over Germany. Despite efforts by the U.S. Army Air Corps leadership to dissuade the popular movie star from flying over enemy territory, the individual remained resolute. Driven to lead by example, he assigned himself to every possible combat mission, emerging by war's end as one of the unit's most esteemed and decorated pilots. However, the personal toll of wartime service was significant. In the concluding months of World War II, the individual was grounded due to flak fatigue, or what is now termed post-traumatic stress disorder. Upon returning to the U.S. in August 1945, a transformed individual emerged. Weight loss rendered him looking frail, plagued by insomnia and haunted by nightmares of wartime experiences. Depression set in, concentration waned, and a refusal to discuss war became apparent. His acting career seemed on the brink of collapse. But in 1946, the actor secured the role of a troubled father, a father who thought suicide was his only solution. While shooting the picture, the cast and crew noticed something. In a lot of those intense scenes, he wasn't just acting. His PTSD was playing out for everyone to see on film. Despite all the inner turmoil, making that movie was kind of therapeutic for the combat veteran. You see, the role of George Bailey in the film It's a Wonderful Life didn't just pave the way for Jimmy Stewart to become one of the most accomplished and beloved actors in American history. No, It's a Wonderful Life also helped Jimmy Stewart get through some very tough times. Father in heaven. I'm not a praying man, but if you're up there and you can hear me, show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. Show me the way. Oh, God. 
somebody take you home, huh? Why you drink so much, my friend? Please go home, Mr. Bailey. This is Christmas Eve. Jimmy Stewart. <sighs> American legend. Well done, Jim Mudd. Well done. I wasn't planning this, but hearing about Jimmy Stewart got me in the mood. I have to play for you my favorite monologue from that scene, from that movie, from my favorite scene, and one of my favorites of all time. Just a minute now, hold on, Mr. Potter. Just a minute. Now, you're right when you say my father was no businessman. I know that. Why he ever started this cheap Paniani building alone, I'll never know. But neither you nor anybody else can say anything against his character because this his whole is life... Mr. Potter, no, no, no. Hold on. The 25 I'm, doing, I'm talking about Lasso the Moon. You got it? No, I didn't say Ramon grabbed your favorite scene. I grabbed my favorite scene. You got it? Here we go. Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow That's and it. the next day and next year and a year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. Then I'm coming back here and go to college and see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build skyscrapers a hundred stories high. I'm going to build bridges a mile long. Well, you going to throw a rock? Hey, that's pretty good. What'd you wish, Mary? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? Dance by the light of the moon. What'd you wish when you threw that rock? Oh, no. Come on, no. tell me. If I told you, it might not come true. What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon, Barry. I'll take it. Then what? Well, then you could swallow it. And it all dissolves, see? And the moonbeams that shoot out of your fingers and your toes and the ends of your hair. Am I talking too much? Yes! Why don't you kiss her instead of talking at her death? How's that? Why don't you kiss her instead of talking at her death? Want me to kiss her, huh? Oh, youth is wasted on the wrong people. What a scene, what a movie. Ah, oh, the great Jimmy Stewart. A whole different generation right there. Just found out that my wife is getting me a remote. Sorry, she's getting me a, what do you call a universal remote for Christmas. That changes everything. <laughs> changes everything. Well, as expected, Sheila Jackson Lee filed for re-election yesterday to her congressional seat that she has held since she defeated Craig Washington in the 1994 election. Craig Washington having defeated Anthony Hall in a seat to replace Barbara Jordan just five years earlier. That was the first election that I witnessed in Houston. It was a special election to replace the uh, unexpired term of Barbara Jordan. That seat was created for Barbara Jordan in, I believe, 72. Barbara Jordan was the downtown white businessman's choice. 
Um, she'd been a state senator. Her biggest challenger was a fellow named Curtis Graves, who was a rabble rouser from the third ward and gave one hell of a speech. In fact, there's still some odd, extant audio. I heard it years ago of him out there claiming she was a sellout to downtown Whitey. Uh, Barbara Jordan would leave the post with a severe, I can't remember if it was MS or cerebral palsy or whatever that would be, but she would retire to a home in Austin with her partner, and uh, that seat would be vacant. And Craig Washington and um, Anthony Hall would battle it out. Craig would win, and Sheila would, uh, in the 1993 election, be elected to at-large city council position number five, which I would go on to hold. And she would be sworn in as a city councilman and literally walk to the Mickey Leland building and... um, Sign the documents immediately to run for office. And in a bruiser, she would win. She would go back to running for that seat, but Amanda Edwards, her challenger, a city councilman, has a million dollars in the bank. This could be a fun race. You, you want Mr. Michael Berry? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Told Chuck Berry, you're full of crap. And he was like, yeah, you are what you eat. You know, some of you out there have had a cancer diagnosis, terrible illness, a terrible sickness for you or your family. And then you get the all clear. You make it through a tough time. Maybe you survived the widow maker, the heart attack. And now all of a sudden you see the world clearly now, Johnny Nash style. And you realize, wow, I had to get that close to getting burned to appreciate how good things can be. Well, that's how I feel today. So you'll have to forgive me, but I'm I'm still in a great mood. I proclaim now today that Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee takes that part off, starts a new journey. We don't know what the end will be. But if we build and do it together, if we walk together, if we live together, if we are together, I know that today I tell you, I launched my campaign for mayor of the city of Houston. And we're ready to go and ready to change and ready to build. And we're dreaming, we're dreaming what others have never dreamt. And we say, why not? And at this moment, I want to congratulate the next mayor of the city of Houston, John Whitmire. I'm not saying he's not a nasty bad guy. There's a party going on right here. Follow your own footsteps. A celebration to last throughout the years. But I'm reminded of someone, uh, proverb now quoted by Sheila Jackson Lee. We gonna celebrate your party with you. Come on now. Celebration. Let's all celebrate and have a good time. To the highest limit. We're going to celebrate and have a good time. I've held an AR-15 in my hand, which I added. It is as heavy as 10 boxes that you might be moving. Uh, and the bullet that is utilized, a 50 caliber, these kinds of bullets, uh, need to be licensed and do not need to be on the streets. I believe that they want, yes, basic city services. 
and everything to work on time and the whistles blowing as they should. It is important now for us to be as open with our desire. Let me just say this. It is very well documented that words nowadays can actually break your bones. Words have generated violence. Heinousness. You know, the absurd uh, becomes more absurd the, the more you hear it, and that's absolutely absurd. So bring your good times person. and your laughter too. Oyster person. We gon' celebrate and party with you. Come on now. Celebrate. America, I'm not ignoring you. Let's all celebrate and have a good time. Yeah, yeah. I'm Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee, and I hail from Houston, Texas. I stand here as a freed slave. Everyone around the world, come on! Where's the beef? I'm quoting the great philosopher Rodney King. You know, you raise a, a very it's erudite a point. I am woman, hear me roar! And you are very nice, and I'm very nice. It's a celebration. Celebrate good times. Come on. Shut it down. Let's celebrate. Shut it down. Come on now. Celebrate good times. Come on. Let's celebrate the most stupendous things. We're going to have a good time tonight. Disingenuous. Let's celebrate. Maybe he is no better than the immigrant that came in shackles like myself. We're gonna have a good time Over tonight. my cold, dead body. Let's celebrate. One case came in on one ambulance. We're gonna have a good time tonight. Let's celebrate. And so we're all walking on uh, thin ice or no ice at all. We're gonna have a good time tonight. Let's celebrate. When a aircraft goes off its uh, discerned or destinated uh, destiny, uh, and destination. Don't condemn the gangbangers. They've got guns that are trafficked, that are not enforced, that are straw purchased. It is not a call for hysteria. It is a call for fast concern. Google did it. Ab did it. Faith did it. And nobody knows but thing in my office. As mentioned, Sheila Jackson Lee filed yesterday in the last day of filing for her congressional seat. One of the candidates who had filed, assuming she would win, Isaiah Washington, I believe is his last name, he dropped out. I don't know what he was given in exchange for dropping out. In the saddest of all scenarios, he was just given a promise that he would be helped in a future campaign, which may or may not ever materialize. Amanda Edwards, who had considered a run for mayor, had announced that she would be running in that seat. Um, had Amanda Edwards run for mayor, it would have hurt Sheila even worse than what happened. Amanda Edwards is an at-large City councilman, she's not going to win a majority of Republican support by any measure, but she's considered a more reasonable candidate than some of the candidates who are the sort of black rabble rouser Democrat candidates. As I mentioned 
Saturday was the election of the first black Republican in the city of Houston politics ever, Pastor Willie Davis. In fact, three of the four at-large seats were won by candidates in a nonpartisan race who made reference on their website to being Republicans, who were supported openly by Republicans, who went to Republican gatherings and earned endorsements, which they promoted and publicized. It wasn't a secret that Julian Ramirez was a Republican. It was not a secret that um, Pastor Willie Davis was a Republican. So Sheila Jackson Lee files for election on the last day. Congress. Amanda Edwards is the candidate who was getting the most traction before. That will be a spirited battle. Uh, it's very hard to beat Sheila in the 18th Congressional District because even though she was walloped two to one in the mayoral race, if you look at her strongest boxes, they're still on the east side. If you look at where the cheating's going to occur, still going to be on the east side. Still going to be the third ward up to the fifth ward, uh, down through Cloverland and the like. Uh, with a little sliver, talk about gerrymandering, um, with a sliver that goes all the way over to Acres Homes. It, it is the creation of a district that is vast majority black. Now, Tom DeLay does not deserve the credit um, that he's due, and this makes people angry when they hear this because they don't understand it, but I'll make this simple. If you take a tic-tac-toe box, but you make four boxes, top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right. You got your visual, top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right. You got four equal boxes. If those, uh, if the if the ones on the left are Democrat and the two on the right, the top and bottom are Republican, what Delay did is he carved out a little of that top left and put it in the. I hope you are enjoying our podcast, and just know that I love to hear from you. You can email me through our website at michaelberryshow dot com, and I read everyone, and I I try to respond to everyone. I'm also appreciative that you support our sponsors. Our sponsor, our presenting sponsor for our podcast, it makes this all happen, is Gallery Furniture, Jim McInville. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a cell phone number, 281-844-1963. Say, hey, Mac, thanks for sponsoring Michael Berry's podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Top right that was Republican. And he took the Democrats in the top right and carved them into the top left. But very cleverly, in the bottom left, he carved it such that the Republicans in in those seats would be would be joined by Republicans that he carved a little out of the the top right and the top left. He made their districts safe from being a sixty three Republican to a fifty five Republican, giving just enough in the bottom left to create another Republican district. Now that creates a super district in the top left, and that makes people angry. But that means that you create three. So now you're up three to one in the congressional seats, you see. Unfortunately, that top left district, that's Sheila. You, you want Mr. Michael Berry? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down.
and the gang. So Dale Busick tells me, asked me yesterday, hey, have you heard of Leonid and the gang? And I said, no. He said, they've gone very viral on YouTube. It's, uh, he said, I know you don't like the band Chicago, uh, but they do a couple of, they, they started as a Chicago tribute band. They're based out of uh, Russia. A couple of members are Russian, a couple are Ukrainian. They don't speak a word of English, but they learn the words to songs. And they play sort of light, classic rock. And they add in a lot of brass, practically a full symphony, an, uh, uh, an orchestra. And no, they don't invade Ukraine, Ramon. Please don't say they invaded Ukraine because there's Ukrainians in there. But by Ukrainians, they're probably, it's probably, it's all probably a psyop from Putin where, you know, he's saying, see, the Ukrainians feel like Russians anyway. Um, I was thinking it'd be a good idea if we went and poked our nose into a foreign war and sent our boys there to be killed and sent billions of dollars and a lot of it would be kicked back to Biden. Then I was like, man, there's no good ideas left. They've already figured, they've already done it. <laughs> if I gave that as an idea, people would say, uh, it's already been done, dude. Already been done. So, unfortunately, we have to turn our attention to the Republicans. With yesterday, 6 p.m. being the end of the filing date for Democrats and Sheila Jackson Lee, it's also the end of the filing date for Republicans. There were a lot of judicial races where if we beat the Democrats 99 to 1 in the coming November, we still won't win back our benches. That's not your job. It's not my job. It's the party's job. you got a party chairman. Now, by all accounts, the party chairman's a nice person. She's a good person. I heard anybody say she isn't. And, and this is where I make people un, uncomfortable because they go, oh, I'm friends with so-and-so. I understand. I, I get that. But effective organizations understand. You win or you lose. There's no in-between. There are coaches that you like. If they have three losing seasons in a row where they're just getting trounced, they might be a nice guy, but they got to go. So there is a challenger. A last-minute challenger. I was not advised of this. I found out about it at the last minute. My understanding is, um, well, you have to get signatures from the precinct chairman. There's a lot of, there's a lot of party rules <clears throat> that most people don't know anything about or care anything about. It's very easy to get involved in the party. Whatever county you live in, be surprised. You go from a idle call while you're waiting on your cornbread or your cake to finish, and you got 10 minutes, so I'll go ahead and drop this call. Of, hey, uh, my name's uh, Susie Smith, and I'd like to be involved with, with the party. I maybe precinct chairman or something, or, you know, do something. And a week later, you're chairing a committee uh, organizing the annual uh, Lincoln Reagan uh, event um, and chief fundraiser for the most hotly contested race 
in the county. We'd be surprised. And and I've, se- I've watched this happen, where people get sucked in and they go, how in the world did I just assume there were professionals who do? No, it's all volunteer. But it being all volunteer doesn't mean it's okay for us to continue to lose. It's the job of the Republican Party chairman to recruit candidates in every position. Because about September, I'm going to ask you to turn out to vote in big numbers so we can take back the benches. They keep releasing murderers. And you're going to show up and vote and say, Michael, I showed up to vote for Trump, for my member of Congress, for my state rep, for my state senator, but they cheated, Michael. There's no judicial race on here. No, they didn't cheat. We didn't field any candidates. Can you imagine that? All right, I want to talk about that at length, but we have Harris County Commissioner Tom Ramsey on the line. Commissioner, I asked you to come on because of an issue that keeps brewing, um, and that issue is the contract deputies for communities. Got about a minute and a half for you to lay this out, and then I want to explain. Explain to folks who who don't live in a neighborhood who hire a contract off-duty, well, technically not off-duty, deputy for their community. Michael, thank you for having me. The most successful program in Harris County is the contract deputy program. Essentially, a school district or a neighborhood can hire contract deputies to come in and provide patrols in the neighborhood. Well, the more people live in the unincorporated area of Harris County than live in the city of Houston. So most of the people that live in Harris County live in the unincorporated area. Most of the unincorporated area is covered by this contract deputy program. And here's a fact, Michael, that will set things uh, uh, right. The crime rate in the unincorporated area is a third of what it is in the city of Houston. That tells me this contract deputy program, which covers more than half the county, is a very successful program. The response time is minutes in these contract deputy neighborhoods, and we all know how bad the response time is in the city of Houston. So in a classic uh, radical left way, when a program is working really well, it comes under attack, and that's what's happening at the commissioner's court. So to give people an idea, i got about 20 seconds. What would be a community that's an unincorporated that, that we could look at and go, all right, so I, I see out there? Well, if you go to Timberlake, which is at I-45 and uh, 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 1960 north of there, or the woodlands in the south fork. Uh, all right, hold on. Com- Commissioner Park. Tom Ramsey, this turns out to be very important, and the reason behind what's happening is going to interest folks. Stay tuned. You, you want Mr. Michael Berry. Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down. The last standing Republican, Tom Ramsey, on the Harris County Commissioner's Court. Thank God we've got him because he can both do his best to stand against the nonsense of Rodney Ellis 
and his shenanigans on the court, but he can also reveal to the public, which turns out to be very powerful. Sunlight's the best disinfectant. Uh, Tom Ramsey, um, tell us exactly how this contract deputy system works, that these communities, and folks, it's what, no, that's what, explain the program to people and why the, the uh, Rodney at all claimed to be against it. Well, the pro again, it's it's a very successful program. In in fact, uh, in many cases, this is what is protecting our children at school, like Tomball. Uh, they contract with the county, and the contract is simply this: uh, to, they call it. Most of these are seventy thirty. And the, the residents, whether it's a school district or a neighborhood, they pay 70%. The county pays 30 But here's the deal. They only get 70% of whatever deputies are applied to that contract. And 30% covers the area around it. I call it the halo effect. So if you have a contract deputy program in a neighborhood, you not only get that neighborhood covered, but you get the area around there. So... When you total all these contracts, it's $100 million a year that people are sacrificially giving to the county for protection. That's 1,205 deputies that are on the street. When you have that many more deputies, that means a lot of the underserved neighborhoods are getting covered because the other neighborhoods have paid for theirs. It's a pretty simple concept. But it has an amazing success in terms of, of, the, of the crime rate and response time and other things. The budget officer and the county administrator, both bureaucrats, look at this and say, oh, well, they're not paying their share. The county, they're getting the county subsidizing their p- protection. That's not true. What they're, they're subsidizing the county. It's just the opposite of what they're saying. So they want to raise the rates for all these school for all these schools, districts and neighborhoods. They hope to price them out of existence. They want every neighborhood to be high crime like the like like a lot of the neighborhoods uh, are in the city. I think the city of Houston, my opinion, ought to look at this program and say, now that will work. We need to do something like that in the city of Houston. Well, Commissioner, as we all know, by the no oh, good. Go ahead. Well, we, what we're talking about oh. is a more formal arrangement, uh, a more organized arrangement than what we do see. If you go to a cell phone company today, and I don't care which one it is, there's an officer sitting over in the corner. That officer's not on duty. If you if you see a private event at at somebody's house. And you see an officer standing right. out front. There's right. so many occasions right. Right. where, and, and I tell folks, you have to understand, first of all, those cops can't do that. We're going to deliver a check to Sergeant um, Mauricio Valle in a couple of days that our listeners contributed, who was shot eight times in an ambush, and thank God he survived. Wow. Uh, but the wow. reason we raised money for him was because he loses his extra jobs for at least a year to recover from eight bullet wounds. If, if we didn't have those guys, and you see how often an off-duty officer catches a bad guy. Commissioner Ramsey, let me ask you a question. So Democrat Ed Gonzalez 
is the sheriff. And his job, right. which he's sworn to do and should be passionate about, is keeping Harris County safe. And anything that keeps Harris County safe strikes me he ought to be in favor of. What's his position on this contract program? Well, you know, he, he's, uh, he's actually got over 300 deputies that he contracts out. So he is he's in the middle of it. He is He's there. Uh, he hasn't uh, uh, come to court and spoke, but uh, he cannot be opposed to this. This is nothing. When I talk to the Harris County deputies, sheriff's deputies, man, they're all for it. This, this gets them more coverage in the county because the contract deputy program is covering the unincorporated area, which is the responsibility of the sheriff. This is the greatest thing that could ever happen to the sheriff's office because now all those neighborhoods don't have to have a sheriff's deputy in their patrolling. Right. The sheriff still does the investigation and other things. So it's a it's the greatest asset to the sheriff's office anyone can imagine. For anyone who's ever shown up to a scene where a family has been the victim of crime or an individual, and you feel such helplessness and such anguish over what you've witnessed, yes. every person who wears the badge wants to prevent that ever happening again. And this program works. And you know what, Commissioner Tom Ramsey, what makes me angry about this is this is Rodney Ellis playing more games. This is more of, of his buddies at, at Arnold Ventures and all wanting to see crime run rampant with, with uh, bail reform and, and their criminal justice reform and their Soros crap. They want higher crime. But what really angers me about this that's lost is these are people who are paying to have a deputy in their neighborhood, they've already paid their taxes. This is like paying for private school when you've already paid right. your school taxes. So we should be happy they're willing to do this. Yeah, it's it's amazing. There are, there are neighborhoods giving up trash pickup once a week so they can afford a deputy. This is not what is being portrayed as something for the rich. It's quite the opposite. These are taller neighborhoods that just want to be safe. And I think if I lived in the city of Houston, which I don't, if I lived in the city of Houston, I would want, and I think Chief Fenner would want this, he would want neighborhoods contributing to the patrol of those neighborhoods. So I'm, I think this would be great to expand over into the city of Houston. There are some contract deputy programs in the city of Houston, and they work as well there as they do in the unincorporated area. Commissioner Tom Ramsey, thank you, sir. Constable Ted Heap, it, yes, sir. Constable Ted Heap has almost 200 of his deputies who are hired, contracted. What's that? Yeah, Constable Ted Heap has almost 200 of his deputies who are under contract in this program to communities who say, we already paid our taxes, but we'll pay extra to hire deputies to drive through and keep our children safe. Folks, we're talking Maslow's hierarchy, the number one thing is to keep yourself safe and secure. And the county has failed. And that's the greatest indictment against Rodney Ellis and the criminal justice reform crowd. And now you're coming after these people and saying, you're not, you're not apologizing that crime's so bad they have to hire their own deputy. You're saying, 
we're not going to let you hire your own deputy. You're going to suffer from crime and violence whether you like it or not. Constable Ted Heath. Thank you to Mattress Mac for sponsoring our podcast and our show and for believing in the message we preach here every day. If you would, if you need, you need to buy a bed, you need furniture, solid wood, American-made furniture uh, delivered today, go see Mac at Gallery Furniture. And if you don't need it anytime soon, send him a text and say, hey, thanks for supporting the Michael Berry Show podcast. 281-844-1963. Yeah, that's his number. 281-844-1963.